Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life. Because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That's true, you know. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the Internet, featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video and well, video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. I know I've mentioned it right now. We got an interview, my interview with uh, the fabulous Damon Swade, uh, president-elect of the Romance Writers of America, romance author himself, but so much more than that. Interesting guy, a lot to say just about being a person and a writer. But my next interview, fascinating, Donald Moss, author of Literary Agent and a fabulous teacher who wrote uh, Writing the Breakout Novel. One of the most popular books on writing there is right now. Don had some great things to say about promotion and what makes bestsellers and how he came into the business. Very interesting conversation. That's going to be up next week, first of November. You can check it all out as long as my, well as my, some great articles we have on writing and my, my blog that I write three times a week about just what it is to be a creative person. It's all there, authormagazine.org. And we're funded by the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. You know, we do a conference every year, just finished in September, but you know what they have now? They have something called the Leap of Faith. The Leap of Faith. That is this. We don't know who we're going to have yet as an agent or an editor. We haven't signed any up yet. We always get good ones, but we haven't signed them up yet. If you think you're going to be there next year, and you think, you know what, I know you'll have somebody good, you can sign up right now. No idea who's coming, but you get a wonderful break. And I believe, ah, probably I should have researched this before I say this, but I believe you get an, to, to go to two pitch blocks and not just one, I think. Don't quote me on that. It's all on pnwa.org. It's a great deal if you have every intention of being at the conference next year, no matter what. Do it now. Do it now. You'll get such a deal. It's true. Now, speaking of conferences, I... I've been, I'm going to be down in Pasadena on Thursday, this Thursday, November 24th. Well, 25th is when I'll be teaching. Yes, at the Writer's Digest Novel Writing Conference. Ow, I'll be doing fearless marketing and how about how debunking the talent myth and uh, something else. I can't. Anyway, I'll be teaching down there. It's a great conference. Uh, I hope, hope to see you down there. I know some of my listeners are down there in California, so I hope I see you there. Hope I do. All right. So this is a really kind of a special, special show for me. It's a full circle moment because today's guest, the, well, the very brave and uh, unusual Chris Fagan was once upon a time a student of mine. That's right. But now the teacher has become, the student has become the master for she has published her memoir which I'll tell you about in a bit. But let me tell you about Chris first. She's a wife, mother, and business owner who, along with her husband, Marty, was a part of the first American married couple to ski without guide, resupply, or other assistance to the South Pole. The South Pole. God. Becoming Guinness World Book, uh, excuse me, Guinness World Record holders in the process. She has summited Denali in Alaska, run 100-mile trail races through the mountains, canoed the hippo-laden Zambezi River in Zimbabwe, sailed and paddled through the Inside Passage, and biked through remote Tanzania. Like I said, she's also the author of the memoir, The Expedition, Two Parents Risk Life and Family 
in an extraordinary quest to the South Pole. And now she's taking the adventure of being here with me on my show. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Wow. I'm tired just reading your bio. I felt tired and wet and dirty just reading the first few pages of your book. I wanted to go take a nap and a shower. It was so exhausting reading about all the things you do. Oh, I'll tell you right out the gate, I don't want to do any of them. I'm such a homebody. But you did. You've done a lot of things, and, and now you've written a book. But let's before we get to the book, talk to me about your relationship to adventure. You're an adventurer. What's that all about? Have you always been an adventurer ever since you were a little girl? Yeah, that's interesting. So um, my adventurous spirit really, I, I think it really came into you know, sort of full fruition after – after I went to college and um, landed here in the Northwest um, after yeah. living in Chicago for a while, <coughs> I, I ended up taking a four-month leave of absence after I had my first job out of grad school in Chicago and traveled on my own solo for four months. And really, I think that's really what set me off on just loving everything about adventure. And, and I was not, um, you know, uh, the athletic endeavors that I did later um, were not part of my childhood. Um, I was no. I was on some sport, I was on some sports teams and things like that. But um, you know my you parents hundred mile race. Yeah, <laughs> that that, just, that didn't come till later. You know, so I God. think it was just learning about the being outside, loving advent, loving to be outside, and also loving exercise. It just kind of grew from a five mile to 10 mile to right. hundred miles. And right. uh, just loving to see, I'm actually a really, um, a person who loves to, to see what I can learn, how I can grow. And it just turned out that those physical endeavors kind of fed that, wow, the human potential kind of what's possible. And so, right. yeah. Right. But, and so, but, but, but that you discovered uh, my, in yourself. But you like found that in yourself because, like, my wife. This is interesting because I was an athlete growing up, and I just loved, I loved using my body. I loved climbing trees. I loved playing wiffle ball. I loved playing football. I ran track. I just, I liked being physical, and I liked to dance. You know, the whole thing. Mm. And so, I just always had that relationship to it. And married my wife, who was not, she was really just sedentary as a young person, but. And in her 20s, her back went out and her and her chiropractor said, do some exercise. And she has been doing aerobics two hours a day, six days a week ever since. And she discovered she liked it. Right. That was a whole like that was like a whole part of her she never knew about. Uh, and mm -hmm. is that so was this really you weren't always dreaming of adventuring or as a young girl reading books about it. And this was just you kind of opened your eyes to it as an as an, an adult or young adult. Yeah, I think so. Although, you know, I was the you know, you know, I grew up in the, you know, 60s, 70s. Uh, you know, mid late 60s, 70s. So, anyway, well, I was the kind of kid who got on her bike and rode around and right, played right. in the, you know, fields that were empty and you know, you sort of just made right. up things and um sure. built tree houses and that sort of thing. So, those kind of adventures, you know, for sure were in my childhood. Um, my parents right. weren't into the camping and backpacking and that kind of stuff that I right. do now. So I was not really exposed to that till I got till I got older. Yeah. Right. And so, okay, so 
so first, let's talk a little bit about going to the South Pole. Um, in, an insane choice that you and your husband made, but it, but you've been doing some stuff already. I mean, you, you'd run this these mega marathons. You guys met yep. on a mountain in Alaska. The it's yep. the highest Denali is the highest peak in what is it, the north of the the northern hemisphere? So what is the what is it? Yeah, North America. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, highest peak in north. So you did that. Um, so you guys met in, in the middle of adventure, but you then did other things together, the canoeing and the run. So you were doing stuff, but then you think, no, we want to go to the South Pole. And we don't want to just go to the South Pole. We want to do it on our own. Was that the goal from the get? Like, we want to do it just you and me, babe. Let's go to the South Pole. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, um, okay. So just to re- to h- highlight a couple things. For sure, that would not have really come into our consciousness initially without a lot of background like you just described. So, yeah, we had all of this winter climbing, mountaineering experience, and we we, uh, were doing those things on our own. We didn't have guides. We had gone through all kinds of classes to learn those skills. And then, you know, over a decade, you know, it was 10, 13 years of ultra running in the mountains. And so really building a base for over a decade of that kind of endurance, that kind of mental um, capacity to push your body, push your mind. Right. So uh, this was, yeah, this was sort of a pinnacle. This was kind of a, you know, we were in our late 40s, you know, uh, we were in peak shape, and this kind of came up as an idea. And initially, we weren't sure if it was something we could do um, on our own. So, no, it was not initially like, let's do it without a guide. Um, We had to explore that um, idea for over a year and um, actually find – people who are guides in the polar regions and have them vet us and talk to us and understand, hey, are, are we, you know, we want to do this safely. Um, right. we, we were willing to hire a guide if that was the outcome. But our goal was to do it on our own if we could and could do it right. safely. And so ultimately that's, yeah, that's what we ended up doing after going on some trainings with some polar guides and they actually saw us in the field and said, yeah, I, I think you guys can, can do this. Interesting. But of course, all that stuff you did beforehand, not only did you know that you were good at extreme physical challenges, look, you know, there's a, I forget who it was. I have been, um, I can't remember some actor who said, if you want to know if your marriage is good, drive across the country together, you know, put your uh-huh. in a little, and you guys kind of, I mean, so you also learned that you could do these things, but you could do them together. Cause sometimes, you know, the marriage dynamic, I remember once I tried writing something my wife and I are both writers and I tried working we tried writing something together it was a disaster it lasted like a day and so we just couldn't do it we couldn't write anything together and so but we love each other and we do a lot of things together but not that and so you guys learned that you could do stuff together that you could be a team in that way yeah we did in through all those years of of um, running together climbing together adventuring together in various places, um, you know, uh, along with our son who is on, on some of those things with us as well. Um, yeah, yeah. It, 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 although, you know, what ended up happening is um, once we got to the South Pole, I'll just sort of jump ahead if that's yeah. relevant here, is Please. we did know and it did work really well until, until we both hit that place that we had never been in all of our challenges, right. which is, you know, kind of hit the low – you know, somebody's on a low moment, and then somebody's at a high moment, and you kind of yeah. pull yeah, the other yeah. one along. Yep. This time, that's like marriage. You know, we both, 
Yeah, yeah, right. Well, you know, usually we one, only have... one person gets to be miserable. That's in my marriage. Only one of us is ever miserable at a time. <laughs> right, usually. I know. That's the way it works the best, right? So right, when sure. you're both at your lowest moment at oh. the same time, you're that... 36 days in. Oh, you haven't God. had you've had one rest day. You're going 10 hours a day. Yeah. You know, that's when it. That's when. That's when we were like, okay, how how is this going to affect our marriage? Now it didn't yeah. end up. We didn't get in fights or that sort of thing, but we literally figured out we had to reach outside the tent to find our inspiration and from people back home and people following us. And we had a satellite phone with us that we we actually called people to kind of touch base outside the tent, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's very it's it's kind of uh, it's insular. I mean, it's just I mean. <sighs> I mean, you, it's funny. You're in this wide open space, but because it's just the two of you, it's like it's super close at the same time, you know? Yeah, that's because, a really good way to to think about it. You know, it is. It's it's a vast it's nothingness. Yeah. But yet it's barren. I and you're isolated, and you're in <sighs> these clothing that is to just make it so that you're you don't get frostbite, but you can't yep. communicate throughout the nope. day. It's like you're in your own little world. You know, it's it's. Yeah. A, it is a huge, huge mental, mental um, game, for sure. Yeah, but um, you did it. But you, I did. Yeah, we you did, did it. You guys both did it. You had a child at home. You had a. You had a. You had a. You, how old was he? Ten, twelve? How old was he? He was. Uh, yeah, he was twelve at the time. Right. So that's. Oh God, see that, and so that's got to be on your mind if you both go. Yeah, for sure. Right. That's got to be on your mind. So there's a lot. You have the marriage. You have him. You just have yourself. You have all your questions about yourself, and and so you get through it. So, we're, what? So we're skipping ahead a little bit. Like, what was your relationship to writing, if at all, prior to to deciding you wanted to try to write this book? Right. So I was not a writer by trade. What I do for a living is I'm a consultant and I lead brainstorming sessions and creative thinking sessions. So right. I'm, I'm I'm a bit in the creative thinking world. I, I write reports and more, you know, more business type reports, you know. Right. Uh, so, and I did a little bit of blogging, you know, those right. shorter essay kind of things. But definitely, no, not a writer by trade as far as that's my profession and that's what I want to do for a living. And for, for sure, I had not written a book. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was definitely branching into a new arena. And what I discovered you know, when I decided I wanted, to, I didn't go in thinking I was going to write a book. I got back and I was, I just felt like there was so much to understand and unpack from the whole adventure that I really wanted to write a book. So, but what? what let me ask you something. What was because you yeah. did, you know, hundred mile races and the canoes and the, the, all those things are worthy of a story. Like yeah. any, you know, and I, I will tell you, you know, you're a perfect example because I, you know, I teach memoir, as you know, you took a class from me. And I always say, did your life can't be much less interesting than mine. I do not run 100-mile races or canoe or, or go to Alaska, but my life is endlessly interesting to me. And so I'm always looking for what is interesting <laughs> about it. But what was it about that journey that, that and not the other ones that left you saying, I got to write about this? Well, I really think it, it, was, it was to the – Tenth degree of everything else that I had done, and oh, it's just, honestly, it's I think, more. yeah, and I also I think it was, um, I was ready to to take to breathe to to take right. a longer recovery and and not kind of moving on to the next thing, 
Right. Um, it was it was that time. It was you know in my life where I. I was approaching, well, when I started writing, I was 49, you know, so 50. So there's this kind of real, you know, that's kind of a transformational time in people's lives anyway. It is. And so it's it a really good time to do self-examination through the story. So yeah. that's really that's really what motivated me. Well, um, usually 50 uh, for people is when, you know, the journey never ends, but usually it goes inward at that point. You know, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't mean you don't continue to explore depending on who you are. But I think that I was just talking to somebody else about this, that you reach a point and there's a reason a lot of novels are written about young people because young people are learning about the world in a certain way that older people just don't need to. But the journey for us, mm. I think has to go in has, because that's the sort of limitless terrain, I think. And I just, yeah. Think and I, and I, I definitely, I definitely found with, this, it was one of those things where I intuitively knew when I got back there was so much rich emotional ground besides this barren landscape that I could describe. There is a lot of emotional ground covered in this book. And so I knew I wanted to explore that for myself in doing the writing process. And I really did have a lot of uh, uh, epiphanies about myself that weren't obvious until I started yeah. writing. Ah. And and. And that's yes. really what was the beauty of being able to write that. Um, you know, at first people came back, well, what, you know, what, how did you change? You know, this was the question right when you came back. And I, <laughs> right. I just was like, I, you know, I, I did it. You know, I don't, I'm not sure how I changed. And then, yeah. you know, working through it uh, on, on, you know, pen to paper, definitely, or on the keyboard, uh, definitely enlightened me. I had some serious pauses in the days I'd be writing and go, wait, what did I just write? You know, yeah. that sort of moment. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting about what I always tell my memoir students? I may not have told you this when you were mine because I keep learning about how to teach this, but is that I often – the biggest question I'm always asking myself is I know what I did. Like that I already know. And I usually know kind of how I felt when, it was, when I was doing it or I know how I reacted. The question I always ask myself is why? Why did I feel that way? Why did I act that way? And as I go in and unpack that question, why did I get upset? Why was I happy? Why did I think I couldn't do this? Why did I think I could do this? As I unpack that, that's where the learning always is. Because I don't always think about that at the time. I just do it and I react. And it's the asking why, why, why. That for me is where the depth is found. Does that make sense? That makes total sense to me. And that's definitely what was happening. Even when I, I for some reason, I have a really sharp memory of dialogue, especially when there's emotion oh, <laughs> related to it. Maybe that's normal for everybody. Okay. Yeah. But I'm literally sitting there writing dialogue between my husband and I that was, uh, you know, emotional. Either, sure. either, I was, either I was upset or he was, you know. And for sure, I, w I would have to go, whoa, that was really charged. What's happening there? Yeah. And, and that gave me the ability then as to reflect in the in the moment in those you write the dialogue and then you say you know wow that you know you're having this self conversation uh, in the book as well about what you just realized about yourself and for me I'm a really really strong woman I go out mm -hmm. and do these physically strong things and right. I really realized a lot about um, sometimes I forget that uh, that that strength I have to balance it with the other side of me that when right. I'm being strong, I forget, oh, I can, you know, I can also be vulnerable. I don't have to always be strong. I can be weak. You yeah. know? Weak is okay. Yeah. But that was a big learning for me in that because in that um, expedition because.
because it required so much strength. It was just taking every ounce that I had. Yeah. When there was no more left, you then become, you're just like a naked person standing there at the yeah. core. Who are you? you? You can't be strong all the time. And really right. accepting that about myself and uh, being vulnerable and letting other people come to my uh to my side and help me when I needed it at my lowest moments, you know, asking for that help, watching over those telephone lines, yeah. um, kids that were following us, uh, sending us questions and um, letting them really lift us. That was a really big learning. You know, it's, it's a really good point because so I'm a guy and I was an athlete and even though I wasn't, I was tall, but I wasn't like an upper, like a bodybuilder kind of thing. I was very fast. So I was associated with my strength with my legs, but I thought of myself as physically strong, but I think that, and a lot of men will sometimes identify with, you know, just the normal gender breakdown. But what you say, I think, is really interesting because as soon as you start identifying with physical strength, you have to remember what I've found about strength is that acceptance, which feels like vulnerability, I think, but really accepting the moment exactly as it is, which has nothing to do with physical strength, is, I think, the ultimate balanced strength position. Because strength mm. is so much about resisting the, you know, you use the resistance of the physical world working against it. But there's a place of utter acceptance in the present moment that requires, it feels a lot like vulnerability, I think, because you're not fighting anything. Yeah. Does that right. resonate? It does. Yeah. And and so, so much of this trip, as I mentioned earlier, was, you know, was mental. So, I mean, it was almost like your physical strength had to, it was like the point of entry to even go on this journey. But the right. mental strength, you would, we read so many accounts of people try, attempting this over the years, their accounts yeah. and how they would fail and not because they didn't have the strength. It really came down to a bit, they just broke mentally. They couldn't right. take the isolation. They couldn't take their teammate. Just so many things about their mental capacity to be strong. I think one of the things we went into thinking is, gosh, we we can't we can't break break down. We have to be strong mentally, or we might not make it. You know, right. and um, realizing that yes, that was a big factor in making it, but also you don't have to be mentally strong 100% of the time, you know, it's no, it's no, no, you don't. Right. No, you have to right. know how to come back. You have to know how to pick yourself, how to, just like if, when you, when you, you know, just like you have to learn how to find strength when you think or find energy, when you think you don't, you know, when you're yes. pushing yourself to the extreme, there's a yes. thing you can do mentally where you sort of fall mentally, but you can recover. You don't panic because mentally you started thinking, I can't do this. This is never going to, that just because you thought that doesn't mean you have to keep running with that thought. Right. Right. And that in the moment, just like you said, it was almost surrendering to that moment, like stop resisting. You know, I had this, I remember this moment where I was like, I had this image of, I, I'm not pushing anymore. I'm just being pulled. You know, I'm Ooh, not just that's good. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, push, push, push up against this resistance and then relax, let go, and now, like, something else is pulling me. And then it, wow. it became yeah. okay, right? Yeah. yeah, that's how you write a book, baby. That's how you do it. You don't want to feel yes. like you're pushing against anything when you're writing a book. You do want to feel yes. like you're being pulled. That's how you know you're on the right path, I think. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, writing the book was like a, a mirror image of doing the expedition for me. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just what I, so exactly what it sounded like, you know. It's so many ways. I mean, even just that it's an endurance event. I mean, it really is yeah. uh, just an well, endurance that's just event. What, you have to, that's just 
that's what Cheryl Strait said. I interviewed Cheryl Strait about, you know, writing Wild. And, of course, that was, a you know, another physical – and we we ended up talking about how similar the journey was, physical journey, to the right, the journey of writing the book. That All the same mental discipline was required in many ways. Absolutely. I really do right? believe that was my training. You know, people say – when I got back, what's your next, what's your next adventure? And I said, I'm already doing it. I'm writing a <laughs> memoir. That that is yeah. my adventure, you know, because yeah. it, it, you know, sitting down every day, it's the same as training. You know, you have to put in the time. Absolutely. It's, it's hard work. You have to do the work, and you have to find those moments where, where you, where you get yourself to be pulled. You know, it doesn't just That's happen right. instantly. Um, no, you have to get yourself down. And, the, you know, the thing I, I, I there's a piece going to be coming out in Writer's Digest magazine where I write about getting in the mood and how I don't I'm actually never in the mood to write when I start writing. I get in the mood, but I'm actually not. Yeah. That, that's not where I am just then. And, you know, if you're if you're walking to the South Pole, you can't be in the mood to walk. You gotta, you better you got to do it, whether that's what you feel like doing at that moment. It's about surrendering to that. And what I found with writing, and I'm sure you did. Because you can't write a book, and I hope I gave you this advice when you took the class, but you really need to do it is all the time. It needs to be a five-day-a-week kind of thing if you're going to write a book-length project, that you find that it doesn't matter. You're there, and as soon as you start getting interested, you get in that groove, and then, you're, then you are in the mood maybe. Did you find that as you were working on it? Yes, for sure. And it, it's exactly the same as, as training. You know, um, When I was training to run 100 miles, you just – you have the time of day on your calendar or when you're going to go do it or, you, you know, whatever your block of time you normally do it, and you just you have to go put your shoes on and walk out the yeah. door. It could be pouring rain. It could be sleeting. You could just be tired. And you start moving your body. Ten minutes in, you, you've forgotten how tired you are. And that, that was yeah. the same idea with writing. What you just described is, okay, I'm sitting here. I'm looking at the page and I think you may have provided this insight as well I'm not I can't remember but but the other trick that it helped me a lot was you know not it is ending somewhere that was kind of still working still ah yeah 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 that's a good one so that you know um you you know you have a place to start again and yeah you know I think similar with running it, it you know you don't have a place to start again but you you just kind of have that muscle memory of once I get moving, everything's going to be better, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Same with, wow. same with writing. And so, uh, well, oh, good. Well, so, and, you took, and you must have taken that class from me when you had just sort of started. Yeah, it sounds like you were still, you were at the beginning process of the book, writing it. Is that true? Am yeah, I, I do believe it was, it was really, really near the beginning. Because, okay. you know, I have a, a job as well. Um, so sure. I was yeah. really trying to figure out how – how is this writing working going to be working with my consulting business and how much time and where do I fit it in? So, and then I was taking, like I took your class and I took some other workshops and um, joined a a friend of mine who's a writer. She started a a writing group. So we meet every two weeks. Oh, um, very good. Three years to review each other's work and learn from each other. So that, that was a really big help as well to kind of just find my process because it wasn't, my full-time job, right? So. Well, I am glad that I at least didn't discourage you from writing this book. At the very least, after taking the class, <laughs> you were willing to continue, which is good. Definitely, definitely willing to continue, and um, I'm really glad I did. I'm, I am um, I'm proud of what I was able to to do and get out. Um, I'm, a big, I'm a person who loves reading adventure books 
which mine is a, mm-hmm. an adventure memoir. And um, I've been told by a lot of people who've read the book that um, it's what makes it unique and different is that it's not just a story about those 48 days in Antarctica right. that made it South Pole. You know, that's the you know that's the uh, structure generally, but there's a lot more about what happened before. And just it's really a story about you know relationships and family and, and it has to uh, be marriage yeah, it has and, to be and parenthood I, and and so much more and what you know how does it all fit into the big picture and and really it's all about I think your introduction it's all about life it's all about yeah. how do we live how do we live that's the right. life we want to live um, that's right. how do we be happy in what we're doing in the moment so well it, it you uh, you know. It, that's why you have to do it. You, you, you're never really writing about the thing you're writing about. You're always trying to find, I always say that to my students that if you're writing, what you're looking for is to find the universal in the particular. So you're not really writing a book about walking down to the South Pole, but you're talking about endurance. You're talking about marriage. You're talking about strength, the universal concept of strength, the universal concept of giving over and acceptance, whatever it is. So, and that's how you connect to your readers because they may or may not ever go to the South Pole or have gone there. But it doesn't matter if you write it believably enough. I feel like I'm there, which I did, and it was, it was, it was a terrible place to be. <laughs> but that's a well, good yeah, job on you your know, part. That's a yeah, good I, job I, on your part. I, I've had I've had a number of people who have read the book, and, and they literally are are like emailing me people I hardly know. You know, e- emailing me, uh, they're partway through and they're like, I can't believe how much I'm enjoying this. I would never want to do this. Right. But I'm enjoying this so much. You know? <laughs> right. and it's, it's what you said at the very beginning. I don't want to do any of the things that you've no, done, but it's sort of fun to live vicariously. And That's yes, right. the, the universe, I've had people say, I'm su- so surprised how much I could relate of to course. your experience. And, That's right. Um, it's universal, That's, right? That's, you did we a good job. With something. Thank you. you. Did a good job. It's right. You're always looking for you. Well, thick, Chris, uh, congratulations. I'm not done with you yet. Uh, I have one more question, but before I ask that, so if people want to learn about you and your fabulous book, again, it's called The Expedition. Uh, where can they do that? Where should they learn about Chris Fagan? Yeah, well, the best place to go is my um, website, um, Chris, C-H-R-I-S, Fagan, F-A-G-A-N.net. Yep. So Chris Fagan.net, okay. um, also there, there's a segment for events. Um, I've been doing a lot of uh, speaking around the Seattle and surrounding areas. Um, so I'll be at um, REI Issaquah December Ooh. 11th. I'll be at uh, Fairhaven Running up in Bellingham, actually November 7th. And then um, I don't know if you have listeners outside the Northwest, but um, oh, yeah. in January I'll be in um, Chicago and Denver and Boulder. So, um, yeah, Excellent. lots of exciting, lots of hey, things happening. I want, you, I want the listeners to hear what she was doing. So this is on, this is on a professional level. The, her, she's doing events at REI and running places. You see, she, that's what you do sometimes. You've got to think outside the box. It's not just bookstores. You can, there's lots of places. Right, you right. Reach your, it's working again, really you do, well. It's smart um, to do it that way. Yeah, in fact, I was able to, you know, my book's available also everywhere you buy books, so it, it's nationally distributed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to, yeah, you know, talk to REI about my book, and then they're like, well, this is the kind of book we need to carry. So now it's being carried in 30 <sighs> that other stores. That is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, Chris, like I said, one more question, and that is this. If writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Finish that sentence. Writing has taught me anything. It has taught me 
to be present and patient. Oh, man. You can't ever be present, too present, or too patient, can you? It's just, I, I don't think so. Um, no. Yeah. I don't think so either. Oh, Chris, congratulations on the book. Uh, I wish you the best of luck with it and all your other adventures, whatever they may be. Well, thank you so much, and thanks for having me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks a lot. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah, people, be present, be patient. Be present, be patient. Just be there. Just be there. It's okay. It's okay. Everything you want is right there. Uh, I want to thank my producer, R.J. Jeffries. Thank you, R.J. I will be back again next week, I think, uh, probably. Uh, yes, I will. And uh, But until then, I want you all to go find something you love and do it. Just do it and do it.